Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. And Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Phoenix up by six. Curry now fades into a three off the dribble. That's good. He gets it right back. Stephen Curry from downtown. Well, Stephen Curry tried to keep the Warriors in this one, at least through the first two and a half quarters, but the Suns would outscore the Warriors 33-24 in the third and then blow the game wide open in the fourth, lead by as many as 28, and uh, they go on to win 114-93 over the Warriors. Ugly ball game for Golden State as they fall to 10-9 on the season, 3-5 on the road, and Ryan Covey, uh, the Warriors still yet to have a win or a loss streak of more than two consecutive games. Yeah, this uh, gravitational pull of 500 seems to have the Warriors trapped in it. Uh, and every time they look like they might pull away from it and, and get a little separation, just when I thought they was out, they pull them back in, J.D. Uh, yeah, and, and when collectively the rest of the team shoots 32%, uh, guys not named Wiggins and Curry, going to be a tough night. And, and give credit to the Phoenix Suns. They played a desperate basketball game tonight. They lost three in a row, a couple of really close ones. They needed a win in the worst way. Uh, and, and they played like it at both ends and and as a result the Warriors were feeling themselves a little bit maybe after a couple of wins over the T-Wolves and they got their rear ends handed to them tonight 888-957-9570 that's the phone number to participate in the program and, and this is the question that I'm going to ask right off the top because when the Warriors lose it tends to be a similar theme over and over uh, but the overarching question that I want to throw out there, uh, can this team find consistency or is this team who they are at this point? It, it, or is it just going to be a year where they're going to linger around 500 and be a couple games over and then they're going to lose and then maybe they dip below for a game and then they, and then they win, you know, four out of six uh, without winning three in a row, and, and they're just going to do this all the way to the mid to high 30s in, in wins in a 72-game season because 
I, 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 we've talked about it after wins. We've talked about it after losses. Obviously more optimistic after the wins, Covey. Hey, maybe if they can get on a little bit of a roll here, they can push away. But they just haven't been able to do it. And, you know, we talked about it last night. This team's 10-8 and eight, uh, going into to tonight, and they, they end up losing. But that's still on pace to win about 38 or 39 games, which isn't bad. But I, I just I, – I don't know. I, the, the more they have games like this – and there's been some ugly ones. I'd put this one up there with the Denver game. Uh, you know, the, the Utah game was bad. The Brooklyn and Milwaukee games, I guess you throw out at the beginning. But I, I guess the, the thing I'm getting at is – this team has the capability to look pretty bad for long stretches in any game. Well, yeah, I, look, because they don't have a, a bunch of guys at the top of their lineup that are established NBA scorers, like outside of, of Curry and even Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, he's, he's capable of the off night. You thought you were going to get more consistency from a guy like Kelly Oubre. Obviously, there was a mass, uh, a marked regression for him tonight, just one of 11, 0 of 5 and three-point range. He never looked comfortable. And then there's nights where this bench will overachieve, and you'll think, wow, you know, you get you get a really nice output from your starters, and then, you know, you look around that bench, Bazemore will give you 7 or 8, Wanamaker will give you 8, you know, and, and, and then, oh, James Wiseman will chip in 12 to 15. Well, tonight, you look... James Weissman, two for nine. Kelly Oubre Jr., one for 11. Draymond Green, one for seven. I mean, those misses add up, and those those misses equal empty possessions, especially when you're also getting killed on the glass. Uh, so, unfortunately for the Warriors, there, there will be nights like this, J.D. I, I think when they're at their best, they can be a really good basketball team. I'm talking a playoff team in the West that could give a, a, a team like the Lakers or the Clippers fits in a seven-game series. And then there's nights where they come out and their lack of scoring depth gets exposed uh, and, and they have an off night shooting and the other team plays uh, solid defense and you get you walk away thinking, ugh. So we know they're not a top flight team, J.D. They're not going to be the favorite to win most nights. And so this is going to be kind of the, the, the course that they're going to be on uh, unless they can maybe find another gear collectively. Uh, right now, they're an inconsistent basketball team. Still good when they're good, but they can look bad when they're bad. Yeah, and I, I was having, I was just running through looking at just who played well tonight. Steph Curry played well tonight uh, in his 31 minutes. I thought Andrew Wiggins in particular in the first half played well. Uh, Eric Paschal was pretty good in the ball game tonight, and, and Brad Wanamaker was was Wanamaker, okay. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I mean. I mean, you ran down some of the numbers. I mean, nobody played well. And Kelly Oubre, again, at the top of the list among those that did not play well. And ESPN Stats and Info had this little nugget. You mentioned the one for 11. This is the fourth game of the season that Kelly Oubre uh, has shot under 20% with 10 or more attempts, which is the most for, for anybody in the season. The fourth time that he shot it at least 10 times and 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 hasn't you know hit for 20%. So hasn't made two of them. That is rough. Yeah, and that's that's going to be hard to stomach if you're the Warriors and you know you look at those games. Um now to be fair to Kelly Oubre, uh a couple of those happened at the very beginning. Um you know, Milwaukee obviously he went 1 for 10 in that game. He's he's had some clunkers in there JD, no doubt. And and you know what? When he's had those clunkers, the Warriors have lost all of those games. Like you just need secondary contributions. You need Kelly Oubre to be better uh, than a guy that's going to give you 20 points one night and 
for the next. Like, I think Steve Kerr would rather pencil him in for 13 or 14 and just live with that, a little more consistency than the the wide variance that you get from night to night. Um, and, you know, you got to give the Suns a lot of credit, too. I mean, you talk about a, a collective defensive effort tonight. They were very active, uh, you know, uh, active hands. Uh, you know, they were contesting shots. They were running guys off the line. I thought there was some missed calls in this game tonight, and I'm not one for blaming officiating, um, but, I mean, the Warriors just could not get a call. They even got called for a couple offensives, and it's like, really? Uh, so I, I don't think the Warriors were done any favors tonight by the officiating, but even had that kind of leveled out, uh, they still wouldn't have been enough to win this game. Um, but, yeah, it was it, – Kelly Oubre, it's maddening because you see him last night, J.D., and you're like, ooh, two-way two effort, kind of being that, that heart and soul guy, that grit and grind guy that you're – you know, you, you, you thought you were acquiring, and then it's tonight. It's man, this is this is bad. So uh, take the bitter with the sweet right now with Kelly Oubre, and hope you can get back on track Saturday uh, against the Pistons. And you just look at these games: Milwaukee one for ten, Chicago three for sixteen, the Knicks game two for eleven, and then tonight one for eleven. Oh, by the way, the Brooklyn game, the Brooklyn game to open the season. That game actually doesn't even qualify because technically he shot 21.4% in that game. <laughs> so that doesn't qualify for the four under 20% with at least 10 attempts because it was 21-4. But, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct to try and sneak that one in there because it might as well have been. Uh, and, and you're right. Those have been some of the Warriors' ugliest losses of the season. So the question comes up again. And it didn't in the post-game Zoom session with Steve Kerr today, uh, probably because I think the media and the beat writers that have asked the question repeatedly thought, you know what, we're going to give it a night off. We'll, we'll, we'll hit this one maybe Saturday, or, or if the Warriors won't have practice tomorrow on a back-to-back, -back, but we'll hit this one Saturday, maybe in the pregame, or, or maybe we'll just let Steve Kerr make the switch uh, and ask him about it after the game because it has been asked multiple different times uh, regarding Ubre, is are you going to make a, a switch? You know, asking Steve Kerr, I, I think he's going to wait until they lose one of these games coming up that you really have penciled in as a win. And I don't know about you, maybe we can we can break off and, and talk about this. I didn't pencil tonight in as a win. I, I penciled the two against Minnesota in as they need to be wins. I penciled Detroit in, although Detroit beat an Anthony Davis-less Lakers squad tonight in 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 downtown Detroit. Uh, yeah. I penciled the Detroit game on Saturday at Chase Center in as a win. You lose one of those games, and, and Ubre plays poorly. I think that's been almost the moment Steve Kerr has been setting as his breaking point. I think a lot of Warriors fans were already there, and I think a lot of Warriors fans looked at tonight without Devin Booker, and they put the game tonight in the should-win category. So I think they're a little bit frustrated with, with the way that Ubre played, and they're frustrated again with Steve Kerr for not making the switch a little bit sooner. Yeah, well, when it's a recurring theme, uh, you, you leave yourself open to be second-guessed. And, and I came in, when we started Warriors Live tonight, J.D., my opening remarks were, dare I say this is a game that I expect the Golden State Warriors to win? And shame on me for thinking that they could ever push it to three games over five hundred. Uh, but this was kind of reminiscent to me of the Knicks game, J.D. Different game script, of course, but just a Warriors team that maybe was feeling themselves a little too much. And, you know, look... It, you beat the Timberwolves twice. Like, that, good, nice job. You know, it, they were two games on the schedule. Had to have them. You took care of business. That's great. But it was the Timberwolves that you beat twice. So 
hard to make any sweeping proclamations about, you know, the team's growth and maturation when you beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, by the way, didn't have their top two scorers in D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So uh, to extrapolate anything beyond that, I, I think, would be a little foolhardy. And, and look, the Warriors tonight, they rolled into Phoenix thinking, hey, we got this Phoenix team down. Uh, you know, well, let's let's just go out there and kind of do our thing. Uh, but yet it was kind of that same old thing. And I'm just looking, J.D., at some of these game logs for Kelly Oubre, and I knew it had been bad, but you look at in the losses, 0 for 5 tonight from three-point range. Utah, 0 for 2. The Knicks, 0 for 4. They had those two losses to Denver and Indiana where he had actually found his three-point shot a little bit, 3 of 8 in one of those games, 3 of 7 in the other. But then the Clippers lost, 0 of 6. Uh, Milwaukee, 0 of 5. Brooklyn, 0 of 6. In their losses, in all but two of them, Kelly Oubre hasn't even hit a three-pointer. And by the way, he's attempted multiple threes in all of those games. So um, that's that's it, 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 one plus one equals two there for me. If Kelly Oubre doesn't start scoring more, this team's going to be in trouble. Well, it started off with Joe Lacob in that first preseason game saying, hey, how Wiggins and Oubre do, the Warriors are going to do, right? Like they're going to be the barometer right. for this thing. And I think as 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 time has gone on, it's really become how does Oubre do? Because every night the Warriors lose, we're talking about Kelly Oubre after that game. Andrew Wiggins, for the most part, and again, we're 19 games into this thing, I think Andrew Wiggins has been within the realm of acceptable in terms of his performance, 14 or 15 of the 19? I mean, Kelly Oubre, what's the answer to that question if we're talking about Kelly Oubre? Seven or eight? Yeah, if that. I mean, and, and, you know, the one thing that Oubre gives you is defense. So, and, and that's where Steve Kerr has kind of hung his hat. Like, this guy defends, the, you know, the other team's primary ball handler, their most dangerous backcourt player. And, and you know, you don't, that's not nothing. Um, but when you've been watching Clay Thompson do that, oh, yeah, and, and score, you know, at a, a pretty amazing clip and hit the three ball as one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, well, we've been watching that for the better part of, you know, nine seasons. It's a little tough to, uh, to swallow Kelly Oubre going through these trials and tribulations right now. Um, you know, it, it's not his fault that he's not Clay Thompson, of course. Uh, and, and look, to the Warriors' credit, collectively, they still found a way to win a lot of basketball games. But I want the team to be winning because of Kelly Oubre's con- uh, contributions, not in spite of them. Um, and then there should be some nights, you would hope, J.D., where Kelly Oubre can lift you up. Now, last night, all, that's, that's the Kelly Oubre slash James Wiseman win. So that was like really one of the only times this year that I can look at a game and say, okay, definitively, Kelly Oubre was the difference between the Warriors losing that game and winning it. I can look at probably seven or eight games and say pretty clearly Kelly Oubre is the reason, by and large, that they lost the game and not won it. And look, I know it's a team game and it goes deeper than that, but you just need your your starting two guard to just be more consistent. You just need him to be better, J.D., straight up, and he hasn't been. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey here. The Suns beat the Warriors 114-93. to So Golden State now 10-9 and on the year. The Suns improve to 9-8. and The Warriors are back home for the next two. 
but they uh, take on the Detroit Pistons Saturday night at Chase Center and then a couple of days off for the Warriors as they will take on the Boston Celtics after those couple of days off uh, at Chase Center as well before hitting the road for the next four uh, following that up. As you listen here to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Uh, One loss can do a lot. Uh, We were talking the Warriors dipped from sixth to ninth tonight in the Western Conference just based on one loss, and the Suns moved from ninth to seventh. All of a sudden, though, and look, it's just it is what it is. The Warriors are half. The Warriors are ninth. They're a half game out of fifth at this point, <laughs> and and so it, it it's gonna fluctuate here and there. They're also I'm looking at it right now. They're also two games out of thirteenth. So it just. Uh, There's a lot of mediocre from five, I would say, all the way down to 14, if you want to include the Pelicans and and, and the Kings at at seven and 10 and six and 10, respectively, uh, and just throw the Timberwolves out as the as the loan just got awful at at four and 13. Uh, A lot of mediocre uh, in, in those what would be 10 spots, basically, in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's a logjam, no doubt. Um, and there's look, we know life in the West was going to be tough. We figured uh, basically the way it's it's slotted out right now, where Utah, Denver, and the two LA teams, you could just basically rope off the top four spots. I mean, maybe one of them slipped down to five or six if one of them had a long-standing injury to one of their star players. But by and large, it's it's all about five through thirteen in the West, and where are the Warriors going to fit into that? Where are they going to slot in? And and I don't think anybody figured the Warriors would be on the 13 side of things, I mean, there's teams like the Timberwolves and, and the Pelicans, you know, some, some pretty bad teams out there, but then there's that, that log jam of teams. And, you know, you could make the case that when the Warriors have looked good, they've got reason to believe that they're, they're better than all of those teams. But when you start piecing together some of these other losses, right? I mean, you know, you, you lost to the Knicks at home in pretty god-awful fashion. Um, you know, you just lost tonight to a, a team in Phoenix that had lost three in a row and had really been struggling since their nice start. And they, No Devin Booker tonight. Uh, they, they were missing a couple of their pieces. Sarge out as well. Uh, and, and by and large, the Warriors, J.D., I mean, you lose Marquise Chris, that's not nothing, okay? I want to say that on the front end, and obviously the Clay Thompson injury sucks. But for the most part, since this season is tipped off, the Warriors have stayed healthy. Clay's played every game. Draymond's been there, um, you know, after missing the first few games to start the season. Um, Wiggins and Oubre, they've been there the entire time. Wiseman's been healthy. So this team doesn't, like a lot of other teams, they've got some some real particular reasons why they've struggled. The Warriors can't really say that. So um, it's they're still, when they're right, J.D., I think they can be a you know top six team in the West, something like that. But I could also see this thing going the wrong way for a while um, if if everybody else's offense lets them down. And it's just like, hey, Steph, go save the day every night. Like he just he's not going to be able to do that. The the biggest concern that I see as the Warriors linger around five hundred is what happens if there's an injury. Like I, I I'm I'm inclined to believe at this point that that this is about what the Warriors are. And I, I do this every night because I, I got a little bit of OCD and I'm, I'm kind of obsessive about it. I, I don't really put a ton of stock into it night to night. But, you know, just for giggles, obviously 10 and 8 is a 40 win pace. The Warriors lose tonight. 10 and 9 is a 37 win pace. It's a high 37, 37, 38, just under 38. And, you know, 40 and 32, that, that, 
seemed a little high, like just to the eye test as we've watched this team on a nightly basis. But 37-38 feels about right. Like that feels to me like what this team is. So it's it's hard for me to 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 wring my hands and and say, well, damn it, this has got to be better and that's got to be better because I just kind of think that's what this team is. But where I do see some concern with the inability to separate a little bit because I to, like I can look at it one way and say, you know what, as long as this team keeps win, – win Saturday, make sure you, you win a couple of games against San Antonio. Like if you're around 500, you can always make a little bit of a push and, and separate and be in that mix, I think, because you – tough, and I think it's tough, but the Warriors are benefiting because the West really is more mediocre than people give it credit for once you get into that five – six, seven, eight, all the way down to 12 or 13 range. What I'm getting at, though, is this. What I'm getting at is this, though. I I, I feel like if you're right at 500 or one over or or even or two over, and then Steph Curry has to miss two weeks, then what? How how many games are you going to win if you got to play 10 games without Steph Curry? And obviously the Warriors hope that doesn't happen, and we hope it doesn't happen, and the fan base hopes that it doesn't happen. But that's where this thing could could go awry and why – you really hope that this team could could get to four, five, six games over 500 at some point, even if they just linger there the whole year because they could withstand maybe not having Steph for six games, eight games, ten games, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, let's just – we could throw the route on the table. If Steph Curry rolls an ankle and misses any amount of time, this team's screwed. Um, but – that was always going to be the situation when Clay Thompson uh, got hurt on draft night and you were without him for the second consecutive year. I mean, they were already trying to find, you know, their identity in this next chapter post Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Livingston, David West, right? All in you know, all the success and all the accolades that this team had. Uh, and so when your, your grasp on your championship culture was tenuous at best and then you lost Clay again, well, you, you're just now you're just holding on like for dear life. Now, the good news is this team is still 10 and nine. I, I think by and large, I, I think this team's exceeded expectations, you know, especially when you watch them play the first couple of games this year. So, um, you know, the, the sky still isn't totally falling yet because what they haven't done yet, JD, while they haven't won three games in a row yet this year, they also haven't lost three games in a row. And, and your point's very well taken. Like, Bank some wins now, so you, you've got a little equity and you've got a little padding. So if something didn't go your way for a while, uh, you know you could you could hopefully withstand it. But by and large, Steph Curry misses any you know uh, extensive time. Like this team's absolutely screwed. You know it. I know it. They know it. Um, and and that's where you hope that this thing doesn't turn into. Okay, well then this is officially just a development year for for James Wiseman. Like you hope it's more than that, and then we'll see in twenty one twenty two when Clay Thompson's back. Like that that can't be the goal because this team, after fifteen wins last year, needs to be better this year. Period. Point blank. So um, you hope that it doesn't happen, but I think we all know what time it is if it does. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey will keep it rolling here until about ten forty, ten forty five or so. Warriors lose to the Suns one fourteen to ninety three. So they're ten and nine. I'm actually feeling okay about the ten and nine overall. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not trying to be doom and gloom about it. I, I I just think that that's what this team is. I think the Western Conference is not as good as maybe people would have thought it was. I mean, I I think Utah's good. The Lakers and Clippers are good. I think Denver's figuring things out. Beyond that, 
I just think it, there's a lot of really evenly matched teams, and I think the Warriors, to this point, it's fair to put them in the conversation with that next group. Now, that next group, as we've talked about, could be anywhere between maybe 5th and 12th. So there's a fine line there, and you got to keep playing well. But I'm, I'm not really... I'm not really panicking or freaking out because I'm because I'm with you. I think ten and nine's about right. I don't know that ten and nine is massively exceeding expectations, but I do feel like there are some Warriors fans out there, Covey, that think ten and nine could be uh, at this point twelve and seven or thirteen and six if Damian Lee had been in the starting lineup for the last ten games over over Kelly Oubre. And and I'll I'll say this point blank and put it bluntly I don't think that's the case like I think that I think this team is about what they've been and they've won when Oubre's been in there and if you'd flip-flopped a couple of things like like maybe it helps a little bit here or there but I don't feel like there's this one move that Kirk could have made and all of a sudden this team would be three or four games better I just don't see that no, because with all due respect to Damian Lee, and I love the guy's effort, and he's hit some clutch shots, obviously the big three in Chi-Town, the free throws against Toronto. Like, he's had some some big-time moments. But, look, Damian Lee ain't that dude either. I mean, he's he's scoring seven points a game this year in, in about 19 minutes. So um, he's not a, a huge offensive increase over Kelly Oubre. And then you have to ask yourself, a Damian Lee, Steph Curry starting backcourt, well, what's that look like on the defensive end? And that's what Steve Kerr has to ask himself at night. The problem is, like, Clay Thompson is usually filling that role. So it's, you know, Steve Kerr, you know, he's looking down on that bench. He's looking at that depth chart thinking, okay, I guess I could make the switch to Damian Lee. But then I basically lose, you know, I could potentially lose Kelly Oubre mentally. And then how do we get him back? Uh, I, I lose his defense instantly. Um, so it's it's a tough thing for Steve Kerr to, to rationalize. It's not like, you know, let me put you like this. It's, it's not like... Damian Lee was the number two pick in the draft, like James Weissman, something like that, and, and he's playing behind him, right? It's, yeah, he's Damian Lee. Like, you know, he's been in the NBA for a few years now. He's he's a nice player, but he's got his limitations as well. So I don't think it's just pretty cut and dry that, oh, you put Damian Lee in the starting lineup and all of a sudden the Warriors are, you know, three or four wins to the good. Like, I, I just don't think it works that way either. 888-957-9570. Time for some phone calls here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. We're also going to hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up as well as the Warriors lose tonight to the Suns. It was a rough one. It got ugly, especially in the second half. Uh, Warriors and the Pistons will be going at it uh, on Saturday right here on 95.7 The Game. The question, can this team find consistency or is this who you know, they are? And, and you know, the truth is, Covey, I mean, this, this year is kind of a one-off because of the Clay Thompson injury. I mean, Kelly Oubre, whether you like him or, or whether, you, whether you don't like him, you know, he's not a starting two-guard in the NBA. I mean, he's being asked to do something that is a little bit out of character. I think in a perfect world, you'd, you'd be more okay with starting him at the three uh, I, I think, or bringing them off the bench is maybe a backup three. But the Warriors don't really have a better option. And it just, it's right. tough because, and, you know, Ubre isn't, in all likelihood, Kelly Ubre is not, and I say this almost every night, he's not going to be a Warrior next year. <laughs> is he going to be a Warrior at the end of March? We'll see. I mean, maybe. I think they've shown that they can win at a certain level with him and with him not playing well in a lot of games. But, 
you know that that's kind of what I mean too when I say it's it's a little bit of a one off. Like not, you know, he can be a stopgap guy that helps this team win thirty eight games, and then and then you move on and you get Clay Thompson back and and you figure the rest of it out. Like it it sure. it's not all absolute. I I feel like I'm trying to weave uh, uh weave the the thread through about. Uh, four different needles here where, you know, the 10 and 9 could be a little better, but it's not, but it's also okay given the circumstances. And, you know, the Warriors ain't married to Kelly Oubre either if, if he continues to struggle. Yeah, no, it makes all the sense in the world. And you know what, J.D., when you're 10 and 9, like as a team, uh, you're, you're going to have some games in there. That's that's what a team fledgling around 500 is. It's a team that probably in all likelihood could be a few games under 500 and, you know, a few other games go their way. They could be a few games over 500. But, you know, over time, that stuff tends to balance out a bit. I mean, hopefully the Warriors can can put it together for some longer stretches this year. I know that their schedule has been pretty tough so far this year. Look, it doesn't get any easier at at certain points, but I I do think the next 20 games are easier than the first 20 um, as far as just overall quality of opponents. So, you know, maybe that's something. Um, And then, you know, we've seen some some positive development. Wiseman obviously had a really tough night tonight, but, you know, he's taken some big steps forward in the, you know, his, his first 19 games of his career. So, it's not it's not just cut and dry that this team is is doomed to be 500 but I agree with you in, in theory like yeah this this year was just going to be Kelly Uber was brought in to fill a role while Clay Thompson rehabs from his Achilles like period point blank um, the problem is Joe Lacob paid you know a couple billion dollars to privately finance the Chase Center and they moved out of the city of Oakland where they went to five straight finals and in the first year at the Chase Center they won 15 games there was a global pandemic and there hasn't been any fans in the building ever since and the Warriors also still have the highest payroll in the NBA. And Joe Lacob was like, well, you know what? I'm already throwing a ton of money at this. I can't get any fans in there. So I'll, I'll suck up the Kelly Oubre luxury tax bill this year, which is going to come out of pocket about $80 million when it's all said and done, because I want this team to at least be competitive. So we're closer to that team that went yeah. to five finals in a row than a team that won 15 games last year, which, by the way, I get it. And they are like for for, for yeah. as much as there's there's disappointing aspects about this team, they are still much closer to that than than what they were last year, which which is a positive. All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. We'll pause. We'll come back, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr uh, following this loss as the Suns beat the Warriors one fourteen to ninety three on ninety five seven. The game. Baseball up top to Pascal. Pascal pulls up 17-footer. That's money. That's his wheelhouse right there. At Golden State takes a lead. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Eric Pascal with two of his 12, 6 of 10 from the floor in 19 minutes. Warriors lose to the Suns, 114 to 93, 888 If you want to give us a call, we're talking about this one. Warriors now 10 and 9 on the season. Well, let's go ahead and, and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this one. Uh, we'll run through a couple here and, and react to him in the post game Zoom room. Uh, and let's just uh, start with uh, him talking about the Warriors not having it. We had every opportunity. 
to have it. Hung in there in the first half, shots weren't going in, but we uh, we battled and we were, we were right in the game at halftime and it just slipped away from us. And I thought Phoenix executed better than we did. You know, they needed the win after losing a few in a row and losing last night at home. And I thought they played really hard. I thought our guys played hard too, but we just didn't, didn't execute very well, didn't defend very well. Steve Kerr hinting at maybe the Suns being a little bit more desperate than the Warriors tonight. Uh, interesting. I, I I don't necessarily disagree with it, but uh, I, I would hope that the Warriors are feeling like they need to really win every single game. They have an opportunity to do so. Yeah, and, and I know that you always want to, you know, have that sense of urgency and, and – you know, I know Steve Kerr will will certainly be reminding them of you know the of the times in the past that they had been you know had an opportunity to piece together three wins in a row and hadn't gotten it done. Now uh, again, they come up a little bit short, but you, you just you can't. There's there's no second for the type of desperation that Phoenix was playing with tonight because that was their situation, right? I mean, they had lost three in a row. You're without your 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 big dog, your, your young star yet again, um, and they just lost to the Thunder at home last night. Whereas the Warriors, you know, pieced up the Timberwolves. At Oracle, uh, at Chase Center, excuse me, and then they traveled, got in late. So, um, you know what? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, JD, and I don't want to come on here and say, "Oh, I saw it coming." I, I actually thought the Warriors were going to win tonight. I felt like they should, and I felt like they would. But um, you know, once the game happened, it, it was pretty clear that that Phoenix wanted it more. Um, and, and the Warriors, you know, you give them some credit. They they shook off the bad start, and um, you know I know they were down by fourteen. They actually ended up taking the lead. I thought defensively they were really good in the second quarter. Um, but you know even Phoenix, I, it was that little run to end the first half where Phoenix pushed it back up to five after the Warriors had taken the lead, and it was like, ah oh, man, you you you'd really have hoping to come away from that second quarter, you know maybe with the game tied or like down by one. But then you come into the second half, and you know Phoenix is a little run away from pumping that lead back up again. And I mean, how many times can you rally from fourteen points down in a game on the road? Uh, especially when a team's playing pretty good defense, which Phoenix was tonight. So um, I, I agree with Steve Kerr's assessment. I appreciate that about Steve Kerr. He's he's not going to candy coat it. He's not going to he's not going to overblow things. He's going to keep a pretty level head, but uh, he's going to keep it real too. And, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Phoenix was more desperate. Yeah, he he did lay it out uh, pretty honestly as he always does. He was also asked about what we've been talking about for the bulk of the the first half hour of this show, which was Kelly Oubre's rough night. You know, it's always emotional coming back to a team that you played for. He might have been too hyped up. I don't know. He, uh, he just had one of those games, you know, things just didn't didn't go his way. Even his dunk came out, so the ball just didn't go in for him. Yeah, rough one, not much to add. I think Steve Kerr was intentionally maybe trying to keep it a little bit short, uh, knowing that, again, after every loss, it and, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, Oubre has struggled. You, you had the, the nugget. That, that you texted me during the break and, and, and also tweeted out. I mean, Ubre, it, it's been rough. Uh, and and I'll, if you want to throw that out there, since you have it, the, the numbers in the nine losses, I'll let you do it to get the proper credit for it. But it's just, it's, wow. it's, it's rough, man. The, in the losses, yeah. he struggles. Yeah, I mean, look, Kelly Oubre, by and large, uh, and and it's just worth pointing out, you know, and I think anybody that's watched the game knows Kelly Oubre struggled, you know, wins or losses. It's it's been a grind for him this year, but he has overall, you know, he's shooting thirty seven percent from the floor, twenty three. from three-point range. So those have actually clicked up a bit of late. Hard to be worse than he was. Um, But you look at the nine losses, 26% from the floor, J.D., 26 of 100 overall. Don't worry, I did the math on the 26% there. You're welcome. (laughs) And then six of 47 from three-point range in the nine losses. And the, the funny thing about that is those six threes came in two consecutive losses. So 
In the other seven losses, he hasn't hit a single three-pointer, J.D., and, of course, 6 of 47 uh, is 12% from three-point range for Kelly Oubre. So, yeah, to say it's been a struggle, and, and that's where, you know, Steve Kerr, maybe a bit of protecting him tonight. Uh, you know, he has the big game last night. Yeah, he's playing against his former team, maybe a little too amped up, talked about the dunk that didn't even go in, uh, and he said a tough shooting night, but when we think about it along Kelly Oubre's tough shooting nights, well, just put him over there with all the other ones then, Coach, because, well, this is this is more than just a, a tough night. This is Kelly Oubre's had a brutally tough season so far, and usually it's when the Warriors lose, Kelly Oubre stinks. We'll hear more from Steve Kerr coming up here. I, I want to hear from Steph Curry, though, uh, following this loss and keeping it on the topic of, of Kelly Oubre and Oubre's rough game, 1 for 11, 0 for 5 from 3, 4 points, minus 17. Uh, Steph was asked uh, about Oubre's rough night and, if, and how he feels for a guy uh, on a night that was that rough. We feel for every teammate that, you know, is, is out there trying to figure it out and it doesn't play the way that they want to. We're all in this together. We have each other's back. And, you know, as, as high as the high was yesterday, you know, you enjoy, you celebrate it, but you stay even keeled because you have nights like tonight where, you know, it doesn't go your way. So it's tough. You know, that he was, I don't, I don't, I didn't talk to him before the game or, or during about that specifically about what it was like to play against his, you know, his former team. But, you know, he, he probably wanted it really bad. He'll get another shot at it. He will get uh, another shot at it. And, look, I, I know Steve Kerr referenced that. I don't know how much uh, – you know, Oubre played pretty well for Phoenix. Uh, and, you know, it, it was interesting. Obviously, you, you know, they had the opportunity to get Chris Paul, and and so they, they did it. And, and Oubre went to, to Oklahoma City before he was redirected to the Warriors as Oklahoma City's in a different stage uh, of, of their rebuild. But uh, he played well in Phoenix, and I think there had to be, even though – the Thunder, you know, were, or even though the Suns were trying to get Chris Paul, there had to be some hurt feelings that he got shipped out. Yeah, for sure. Nobody wants to get traded. And, you know, this is Kelly Uber. He's now been traded a couple times in his career. It's Again, he, he talked about the, uh, you know, he understands the business side of things. And, I mean... With all due respect, though, I mean, Kelly Oubre, first of all, it's the NBA where player movement is, uh, you know, I mean, guys are, are swapping teams all the time. It's just part of the deal. Um, and you're not, uh, for the most part, I mean, you look at Kelly Oubre's time in Washington, he only started, what, 25 games in three seasons, you know, of, of his 180 games that he played there. So, um, and, you know, he came to Phoenix and uh, clearly last year he had found a role, you know, as the starter. He started basically every game last year and had a career year. So um, I, I think if, if he takes the philosophical view, his time in Phoenix was beneficial for him. Um, and I think, you know, there's a reason why the Warriors uh, said, okay, like Clay's down. This is a guy we'll go out and we'll, you know, we'll pay uh, even extra. We'll dip way into the luxury tax to bring on this year because they thought he could be somebody that could help, you know, fill that Clay Thompson size hole in their heart. Now, he hasn't done it. Um, he's probably done it, uh, obviously, much more on the defensive end, J.D. But here's the thing. Between now and the end of the year, whether it's with the Golden State Warriors or the New Orleans Pelicans or whoever the hell uh, Kelly Oubre is playing for, if the Warriors do end up deciding to trade him at some point, he's playing for a contract. Now, he'll be in the NBA next year. I mean, we all know that. Um, but what's he going to be making and what's that contract going to look like in how many years? So um, he's probably feeling that crunch on top of it. Just a lot of pressure on Kelly Oubre right now. And, you know, he's a guy that was never a top-flight NBA starter, really, at any point in his career. So, you know, it, that's kind of the price of admission for, for being – that's that's kind of his lot in life in the NBA. If you're a rotational bench guy, uh, you're tradable, straight up. 
Uh, let's hear a little bit more from Steph Curry uh, talking about some of the, the frustration related to low IQ plays. Mostly just understand there's patience to it, but I mean, we all were once in the, in, in the young guy's shoes and, and understand that it is a process. And if you come with the right attitude and, you know, we, we have a sense of accountability that we're not trying to make the same mistakes over and over again, that's when it gets frustrating when you call certain things out and then we don't make the necessary adjustments. And, you know, tonight was one, it was a good learning lesson for, for us that finished the third quarter and the, and the group that started the fourth. You know, find a guy that's hot. That's you can, you know, kind of force the issue in that respect. If you got a good matchup, slow things down, keep yourself in the game. Um, and we talked about it in the locker room after the game, and everybody, you know, knows nobody's getting hurt feelings or, or feeling, you know, singled out. It's we're all trying to get better, so can't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And we just have to come with the right intentions so that you know, at some point it all clicks. And then, you know, one through. 13, however many guys, you know, out there on the floor understand exactly what we're trying to do. Cause it's not ever going to be just a one man show. You can't win like that in this league. So um, we got to be able to figure that out. It does feel like when the Warriors struggle, it's the same mistakes over and over and over again, bad shots that, that, that basically act as turnovers, giving up points in the paint, uh, sl- sloppy defense, uh, you know, getting out rebounded, getting hit on the glass. Uh, it just it, when this team struggles, there is a clear cut template for it, and we've seen it really eight or nine times in the eight in the nine losses now. Yeah, just getting bested, right, JD? Like getting getting bested at both ends of the floor, and I think unfortunately, you know, once you get past Steph Curry, as I mentioned, I mean, Andrew Wiggins had a really nice season, but one and a half stars isn't enough to to get the job done most nights in the NBA on any kind of consistent level. I mean, you look around the, the teams that are kind of struggling to find the mark. I mean, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Dallas Mavericks. It's it's Luka, and, and I know Chris Tapps has been injured a lot. They don't have a lot of star power. They don't defend anybody. Guess what? They're struggling right now. Portland Trailblazers, it's just Dame right now. Uh, you know, I watched, I've watched a lot of their games. C.J. McCollum's been out. They lose Nurkic. So it's like Dame and, and Gary Trent Jr. and Enos Cantor trying to carry the day. Not going to work. Even if you get off to a nice start like they did tonight against Houston, uh, by, the, you know, by the end of 48, you end up losing. So if, it's, just, it's, it's a star-driven league, but you've got to have at least two stars. And then, oh, yeah, your role players got to slot in and, and excel at their roles. I mean, look, this team doesn't have enough shooting. I, I think we can all see that. That's why the idea of maybe even trading Kelly Oubre uh, you know, for 49-year-old J.J. Redick is even floated out there as a potential scenario. Is that optimal? No, of course not. But um, this team just doesn't have enough shooting. And when you, requi- when you rely on the Damian Lees of the world and even the Eric Pascals with the mid-range, when you rely on those guys uh, to be your, your others when you're not getting it from Kelly Oubre or, or Wiseman or Draymond Green, you know, that's that's not a recipe for long-term success. So when you get those other contributions, hey, what do you know? Warriors win. When you don't, they're probably going to get smoked, and they did tonight. And, and that's exactly how it's played out over the course of this season. It's Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson and Brian Covey on 95-7 the game as the Suns handle the Warriors in the second half, in particular 114-93 to as the Warriors get outscored 62-46 to in the second half tonight to lose this one uh, 114-93. to So Golden State now 10-9. And, and I think 
look, Ubre's contract situation, Ubre's up and down play, those are all the reasons why I, I think the Warriors are going to have to keep an open mind regarding what else is out there as as far as a possible trade for Kelly Oubre. You just it doesn't mean you you aren't going to keep him. It doesn't mean because you keep him that he's going to be with you next year, but there are going to be options and and look, maybe what happened over the last couple of days with the Pelicans calling the Warriors as Steve Kerr laid it out wasn't a big deal. There was no offer, and they threw some other names out basically uh, to Shams, and that got leaked as far as maybe some of the players they'd want to move off of. So it, it we, we played connect the dots there, even though Steve Kerr said there wasn't uh, a direct offer made. And, and you're right. You said it on Warriors Live. I mean, some of that is is covering y- yourself, and, and, and that's that's okay. But it's just this thing's a work in progress for the Warriors th- this season. And, yeah. you know, you want to try to be as as good as you can, but you've also got some future pieces like Wiseman and whatever this Minnesota pick winds up being, and Clay is coming back next year still. And, you know, you don't know what next year totally is going to be, but there's some options as far as getting better and, and really improving and, and, and even maybe having – a, a next core of young guys that, that could maybe run it with the OGs, right? Where you got Steph and Clay and Draymond as one core and maybe a maybe a Wiseman, your first-round pick, and the Minnesota first-round pick secondary core. But, but all that's down the line. So right. for this year, and, and I think you touched on it, you know, being a 37, 38, 39-win team this year, if the Warriors can do it, even if sometimes it looks ugly, that's still a tremendous success, and I think Joe Lacob would, would absolutely think that regardless of what he spent to do it because it's not last year. And not only is it not last year, it's ten times better than last year. Right, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's really four words. Just make the playoffs. And, and I would even go a little further and say even avoid the play-in tournament if possible, but just make the playoffs. Be a playoff team this year. That's the goal. That's the objective. And I mean, look, outside of... Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and James Wiseman. Those four, they're going to be on this team next year unless uh, you know a massive trade comes down the Warriors' rent lane. And, and I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, even then, a, a guy like Draymond could potentially be involved in a trade or, or even Wiggins, but highly unlikely at this point. Like Those four guys, the Warriors are married to. Anyone else on this roster right now, they're not, straight up. Even Eric Paschal, who I really like, Kevon Looney, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore, Damian Lee, Michael Mulder, Nico Mannion, Kelly Oubre Jr., all expendable. Why? Because you won 15 games last year, and you're basically fledgling around 500 right now. So Bob Myers is going to do whatever he thinks is in the best interest for this team to be back in the, quote, championship conversation next year when you have your Hall of Fame two-guard back to pair alongside with Steph Curry. you got the Splash Brothers back in rotation. You've got James Wiseman in year two, who will just be penciled in as your starter at the five. I don't think that's really probably going to be up for debate. It'll be hopefully readily apparent at that point. That's where exactly where he needs to be. Draymond will be at the, you know, at the four. And, you know, probably Andrew Wiggins will be your your starting small forward. I mean, there it is. There's your starting five. And then you fill out that bench next year. But all other options are on the table for the Golden State Warriors right now because it would be foolish for all the options not to be on the table. Like, this is who they are right now. They're still trying to figure it out. Let's spend a couple minutes talking about James Wiseman, and then we'll look ahead at what's coming up next, which is the Detroit Pistons on Saturday night at Chase Center. And that's game number 20. Steve Kerr's put a lot of... 
uh, a lot of time in in talking about, hey, 20 games to figure out the rotation, 20 games to figure out maybe the identity of this team. Well, Saturday night's game number 20, so that's going to be a theme, I think, over the course of the next three or four days as the Warriors lead up to 20 and then get through that 20th game and have a couple of days before game number 21 against the Celtics this coming Tuesday. But before we do that, let's get to Wiseman. Uh, Not the best night for James Wiseman tonight. Uh, In that same role, coming off the bench, two for nine, minus 10, five points, and just unable to to build on what was a career night for him last night against Minnesota. Yeah, and I think when when Weissman struggled, the one thing that we've seen is he's not a complete finisher around the rim, right? I mean, even when he gets the ball, like, first of all, the hands have been a bit of an issue. I, I mean, you know, even with all the, the strides that he's made and, and the plays that he's made at both ends, I think we've all seen when he gets the ball, when he's moving towards the basket, um, it, it can be a little bit clunky. And then he'll rise up to take shots. He was long with one jumper, and there was another one in particular that I felt like he probably should have went glass. Um, he just It's almost like he hasn't figured out all the angles yet. It's almost like he doesn't even know just how how much bigger and better he can be than a lot of these guys right JD I mean it's like he hasn't grown into those big old puppy paws yet and he's still figuring it out but what I need to see from James Wiseman is growth in that area as the year goes on I don't expect him to come in at 19 years old no preseason in three college games would be a finished product that's unrealistic um, but I, I think where we've seen him struggle the most is is down on the block and, and trying to finish around the basket. It's still a work in progress, still a little bit clunky. He's a hell of a dunker when when he doesn't have to put any touch on it and he can just throw it down. He could do that with the best of them. But you know when shots are contested and and you know there's there's a lot of bodies down around uh, down around the bucket. He still hasn't totally figured out the best way to finish around there yet. And it's not an easy thing. Like. You know, it's going to be a work in progress, but I think that's the area where he still needs to improve. Um, and, and then, you know, defensively, I, I think we've seen him grow as far as, you know, staying vertical, as, they, as Steve Kerr and him have talked about. But, you know, there's there's going to be some some bumps in the road in that respect as well, because, well, he's a 19 year old rookie. Yeah, and, and just a, a rough night for him. And there is going to be ups and downs. And, and I think, you know, he's he's his trajectory is still, I think, going to be in the starting lineup and whenever he does go back in the starting lineup, I feel like he's going to go back in the starting lineup and and he's just going to be one of those guys that, that maybe doesn't, doesn't ever come off the bench again for for the rest of his career uh, to be perfectly honest, because uh, that's the kind of player that the Warriors believe that, that he's going to be. I'm I'm taking some of the rougher nights for the most part with a grain of salt uh, as far as he goes, uh, but yeah, not not the best uh, ball game tonight from James Wiseman. Warriors lose to the Suns, one fourteen to ninety three. They're ten and nine on the season. Mentioned three and five on the road. Also zero and five when they fail to reach a hundred points. A hundred points really in yeah. the NBA is price of admission. Uh, the, the Warriors have won every game they've had. Uh, you know they've. Uh, they've had over a hundred and ten, uh, so and and they they don't win when they don't score a uh, hundred and ten. So it's a situation where you know we can talk about defense and offense, but the Warriors the Warriors need to put the ball in the basket to, to win <laughs> games, and they yeah. just haven't done it consistently. Yeah, ninety three points just is not going to cut it. And when you look at you know the contributions that they got from guys not named Curry and Wiggins tonight, I mean nowhere near good enough. Um, you know, I think collectively outside of those two guys, they shot around twenty two percent, something like that. So um, certainly not going to cut it. I, I want to just back to Wiseman for a second. 
Where are you at with his with his rebounding? I mean, were you expecting more in that respect? And just you know, his his ability as a, a paint protector, you know, a rim protector, shot blocker. I mean, how how are you? How pleased are you with his development in those areas? I think he's going to get a lot better as a shot blocker. I'm not worried about that at all. I I do think at times the motor to rebound it it I it and I I'm writing it off as he's 19 for now like I I just don't think he fully realizes how dominant he can be on the glass yet and I think he'll get there but there is a little bit of a and, and I'm not saying he's not playing hard but there's just a motor to to rebounding like certain guys have that extra gear where they just want to get every single board and I feel like he's thinking so much about everything that he needs to do on the court uh, at a given time that he's missing rebounds because he's a half beat slow in reacting because he's thinking about all this other stuff, you know, whether it's where he needed to be positioned on defense or, or right. whether he messed up the play on offense on the other end. I, I feel like he's a little bit in his own head, and that's making him slow to get on the, on the glass. So I, I think yeah. there's a level that he can reach there as well. Uh, but so I think it's not an intentional, like he's not trying low motor, but he just doesn't have that innate ability, regardless of what else is going on to just go grab 10 rebounds a game. He has to consciously been thinking about it. And I think he's using a lot of mental capacity on, on other stuff right now. Uh, I think that's, that's a great observation, JD. And and you would expect that from a guy his age. And, and that's kind of what, what I would throw the growing into them puppy paws, right? I mean, it's, it's coming. Um, but I, I, no, I think that along those lines, I think you nailed it. And it's, you know, it's funny. You look at Kevon Looney coming in the starting lineup. Okay, worked pretty good against the T-Wolves twice with no Carl Anthony Towns. Um, little different story tonight. And tonight is like the, the big concern that I would have with just this being the starting five when it's, okay, Steph, you got to basically do all the scoring because combined Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and Kelly Oubre gave you a whopping eight points in, what, 67 minutes of basketball tonight between the three of them. Um, so that's just putting too much of the onus on Steph and, and Wiggins uh, when those five, you know, your starting five is out there. You got to get something from either Ubre or Draymond on a nightly basis. Like, one of those guys can have an off night and you can still win, but if both of them have an off night, and I mean, like, to the point where they hit two of 18 combined, you are in big trouble. And I know... It's probably going to be Ubre more than Draymond, but even Draymond. Like this is the classic Charles Barkley triple single stat line for Draymond Green that he likes to talk about: two points, six dimes, four rebounds in twenty-five minutes. Like Draymond did not have a good night tonight either. He, he, you know, he he did not, and I, I think it was it was lost in in Ubre, right? Because <laughs> when Ubre doesn't play well, he steals. All of the attention when the war it's it when, when the Warriors don't win and don't play well it's Ubre couldn't make a shot and Steph didn't get an opportunity to go off and dominate the game enough because Ubre was taking too many shots like those are the that's like theme one A and one and one A from the fans uh, on, on a lot of these nights where the Warriors have lost uh, and the Warriors lost tonight one fourteen to ninety three uh, the the line of demarcation for this team I mentioned it but I wanted to double check it one hundred and ten points they're nine and zero when they get to one hundred and ten they're one and nine 
when they don't get to 110. The one win was the Toronto game where they couldn't quite get there. They ended up at 106, uh, and they blew the big lead, and, and they looked like a team that needed the 110 to win that game comfortably. Didn't quite get there, but got the stop at the end. So, you know, is it offense? Is it defense? Uh, when this team's been able to get to that level of, of 110, they're tough to beat uh, on a night in and night out basis. So a uh, quick, so, quick thought. Uh, go, go yeah. ahead. I'll let you go ahead. I'm just going to say, so what, well, well, heck we don't even really need to do the shows anymore. JD, you just be like, well, what are your thoughts on the game night? Well, are they going to score a buck 10? Cause if they do, they'll win. Otherwise we'll see you on the post game. <laughs> yeah. It, well, if they don't, and if they don't score a buck 10, then we're going to be talking about Kelly Oubre struggling and why Steph Curry needs to, to play, you know, with the James Harden usage rate for this team to to maximize their capabilities. Naturally. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow on the final word, 6 o'clock, right here on 95.7 The Game. We'll be talking Warriors. We'll be talking 49ers. We'll be talking everything tomorrow. So make sure uh, you listen on 95.7 The Game, 6 o'clock for the final word, uh, as we will be together again. And then back on Saturday, another one of these games that's been pushed later, originally a 5.30 start time. That game moved to a 7 p.m. start time. So we're going to have Warriors live at 5.30 on Saturday uh, as we get you up to tip-off for the Warriors and the Pistons uh, in that game, the final game of January. Man, these games are are flying by for the Warriors uh, all of a sudden. So good stuff, Covey. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, partner. All right, that's going to do it Uh, for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to... Uh, Ryan Mauser, thanks to Bobby Spang. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow, 6 o'clock, for the final word uh, as the Warriors lose to the Suns, 114-93. to And you heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.